Welcome to WP Coffee Talk. Thank you to all of our sponsors, and especially to our Espresso Level sponsors, Helix Managed WordPress Hosting, for both their sponsorship and for hosting our site, and to Expander Digital for both their sponsorship and providing SEO services to us. Now enjoy the episode. Welcome to WP Coffee Talk, where I talk to amazing people in the WordPress community all over the world. And today my guest is speaking to me from Germany. As many of you know, I'm in Rochester, New York. It is 11 in the morning here. It is not 11 in the morning in Germany, where Jan is. <laughs> what time is it where you are? It's uh, 7 past 5 p.m. Okay, so you're getting ready for dinner soon, I think. You're probably getting yeah, hungry. Yeah, I'm actually <laughs> waiting on the barbecue to finish. I have like this uh, slow cooking meat on the barbecue for like... I think four hours up to now. And then right after this interview is finished, it's the final the final hour is starting. So I'm super hungry by now. But <laughs> so, it's so part, you, part of the fun. So you don't want you don't want us to go over an hour then on this, <laughs> this podcast. Because you're hungry. <laughs> I, I might bite into my microphone by then, but we'll see. <laughs> well, that would be a first. So it would be kind of a fun <laughs> podcast if you start eating your equipment. <laughs> But today my guest is Jan Koch from Germany, and he's with WP Mastery and has completed a whole bunch of amazing things, especially recently, but I'm, we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, and Jan and I know each other, I think, first through Twitter. I think we were yep. following each other for a little while through Twitter. And then during the WP Feedback Summit, I, I think was the first time we ever spoke to each other in one of the... Yeah, in the networking lounge, exactly. And it was like, hey, you need to be on my podcast. And you're like, send me a link. And here we are. So that was pretty cool. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me, Michelle. I'm honored to be a guest on your podcast. Um, I started using WordPress in 2012 when I was working as a business consultant. And then 2013 was when I took the leap to become self-employed. Uh, my business wasn't always WP Mastery. It went through various iterations. Like I think every, every business does from time sure. to time, especially when you're not knowing what you're doing in the first place. And then I started selling WordPress sites to like friends and business owners here in town and stuff like that, like most people start. In 2015, I ran the first virtual summit, the WP Summit. And then, um, yeah, 2016, 17, we're mostly focused on building things. So working a lot of one-on-one -on -one dev projects for clients. And 2018, 2019, I was working for a German agency as their lead developer. In 2019, at the, towards the end of the year, I ran the WP Agency Summit, which, which made a little bit of waves in the community. And... Um, also in 2019, I, I met Vito Pelek from WP Feedback for the first time. We met at, w, at WordCamp Europe in Berlin, mm -hmm. and we stayed in touch after that. And eventually, I joined WP Feedback for two months. Um, we did this amazing WP Feedback Summit together, which was really a, an interesting and exciting experience. But it turned out that I wasn't the right fit for their company. So now I'm back on my own. I'm running my next summit in nine days from recording this on May 25th. So always keeping busy here. I guess you are. Holy cow, I thought I was a busy person. I'm getting <laughs> tired just listening to you. <laughs> well, as you know, I ask everybody, because it is coffee talk, to have a mug and something in it. So show us your mug. Tell us about your mug yeah. and what you're drinking. So that, that's my good old WP and Up mug. Let's see if the camera sharpens. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Focused. 
And it's just plain old copy. But up after me, in the, in the background behind me, you'll see that there is the Star Wars Corral with uh, some nice Japanese whiskey in there. So mm. probably when the barbecue starts, I'll have some of that. Very good. I also have that same mug, but not with me today. Um, my, my mug today is Foster Coffee Company. And nice. I belong to a, um, a coffee club. And so every month I send a pound of coffee to somebody um, in the list. And then every month I get a pound of coffee from somebody. And this was, this one actually came with a mug as well. So this was, uh, it says fostering community through coffee. It's all about, um, you know, ethically sourced and building community. Oh, I, and I love that approach. I need to pitch that. We, we have a few lo local roasters here in, in, in the mm -hmm. town and uh, towns around us. So I definitely need to pitch that. That would be amazing. We don't have this. Yeah. Well, this is all this is all WordPress people that I'm in this with, <laughs> and I th I think we're all in the U.S., which makes shipping a little bit less expensive yes. than if it were to be yeah. international. Um, yeah. And the coffees are amazing. And so I bought a French press, and I bought a coffee grinder, and I make you know grind my own coffee beans, well, whatever comes in the mail, um, and yeah, and my coffee. But I drink it with cream and sugar. I like it a little sweet. I didn't even ever start drinking coffee until I was 47 years old. So that was four years ago. Um, I just could never abide the taste. And then all of a sudden, one day, something switched in my brain and now I like coffee. So there you go. So that's my story. Sorry for that. That was that's my okay. Phone. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, so, and you said you're drinking coffee. And do you drink anything yeah. in your coffee or is it just straight? Oh, it's black. Yeah. Black like okay. my soul. <laughs> I, I would beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about how you got started with WordPress. Yeah, um, in 2012, I was finished with my business, uh, with my integrated, integrated degree in business informatics. And one of my first tasks was to rebuild the company's website. And WordPress was what uh, I stumbled upon, essentially. And rebuilding back then for me meant I would install WordPress, I slapped a pre-designed theme onto it, and I would try to make it somewhat look good. Um, and then I started that, or I recognized that it was quite fun to build with WordPress, and it was quite easy for me as well. So I uh, started my own company with a friend, and he, he was doing the hardware part of things, so he was the one people would hire to build networks, to wire up uh, offices and stuff like that, to set up servers. And I was the one who was building the websites for the company. So it was kind of like a comprehensive package that we, that we could sell. But eventually what happened was that he got a really good job offer and he moved away from here. We, we are still friends. We, we are still in touch. And he, he was my best man at my wedding. So everything is fine. So he abandoned and, uh, you, but you forgave him. Yes, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. And now he, he made his way too. So he's working with uh, Cisco now, uh, Cisco Networks, the, the huge tech company. And that was his dream job. back When, when I first met him, he, or, he was already uh, speaking about working for Cisco. And I know him exactly as long as I know my wife. So that, that's uh, 11 years now. And now after 10 years of knowing him, he made it. And now he's working for Cisco. So that, that's good for him and we're still friends. And yeah, over time I just started becoming more familiar with the WordPress ecosystem and learn how to code for WordPress, how to develop my own plugins, how to build themes and stuff like that. And I never got into this like selling themes on marketplaces or selling plugins. I was always more 
accustomed to this one-to-one -one work with, with clients and I would sign them up for retainers every now and then to do some work. But it wasn't really until my first like WP summit in 2015 that things started to take off for me. So I had uh, Rand Fishkin on that summit. I had Jason Cohen from WP Engine, um, Oli Gardner from Unbounce, and a few other thing, uh, uh, other people. And that was when I first built uh, connections with some what I would consider A-listers in the space, like really good marketing people. Mm -hmm. And then I started to work with those people more consistently. And that's essentially my journey into WordPress. That's awesome. I love um, when somebody's journey also starts to incorporate other people and see like the bigger community that's involved and, and how we're so connected. It's amazing. Yeah. Especially yeah, in WordPress. I, I, needed to, <laughs> absolutely. I needed to involve other people because I suck at selling. <laughs> so my, my, my idea was and still is first of all to build relationships and I think now more than ever what I do reflects that I try to give back to the community but um, in the beginning what I was thinking is like if I build relationships with people who constantly have clients that need websites like business coaches and mentors and stuff like that then I would have this consistent flow of work coming in. And that, that's how it played out in the very beginning. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think the WordPress community is unlike a lot of other communities. Um, you know, I've never been involved with a piece of software that suddenly I'm connected to people globally. It's, it's just yeah. an amazing, amazing thing. Yeah, and um, especially and if those people come together physically, like at WordCamp. So WordCamp uh, Europe last year was my first WordCamp, I admit it. But it was such an amazing experience, like seeing all the people I knew from Facebook and Twitter, seeing them that they were real. <laughs> and then just, I, I was approaching everybody and I, I just hugged them because I felt that I was knowing them for like five years or something. With, I'm usually kind of a shy person, kind of an introvert, and I, I like being for myself and I, I like working for myself. And um, that, that was not typical for me, but it was just a sign of how strong the community is. It's, it is amazing for sure. I, I, I think back to six years ago when I attended my first WordCamp and nobody knew me. I know I knew nobody. And I was like slack jawed the whole day. Like, holy cow, this is like, I spent $20 and I have all this knowledge and I met these people. And, you know, within five or six years, I have my own plug or my own podcast and I'm working, you know, on WordCamp US and knowing people globally. And it's just, it's been an amazing an amazing journey uh, to be able to get to know people. And it's just an amazing community. I'm just full of yeah. love today for the community. <laughs> yeah, and she, the, the community deserves it because um, what, what I think is really setting the WordPress community apart from others is that there is little to no feeling of competition from what I see. I mean, mm -hmm. we are helping each other out constantly because most people know that the market is so big Right. that there's no need to compete for customers. Exactly. And people used to ask me all the time, why are you teaching people how to use WordPress? Aren't you making your own competition? And I was just like, oh, honey, <laughs> there's, so, <laughs> there's so many clients to go around. And I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I'm not everybody's perfect fit. So if I'm not the perfect fit, they, sh they deserve somebody else who, who is. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. There's, there's, a, there's plenty, plenty of work out there. 
What's speaking of all of the work and all of the different websites and designers, what's something that you think that we as designers, developers, web builders, whatever terminologies you want to use for us, what's something we don't focus enough attention on that um, would make our website stronger and better for our end users? Um, from my personal experience, it is loading speed optimization. So I, I often work on websites that are really bloated where I think it's a matter of scoping the project, to be honest. I don't think that people are willfully neglected, but it's something that clients often don't want to pay for, I guess. So there is, when you're building the website, there's not enough time to spend that additional four to five hours on making it load really fast, like going through the websites, organizing all the assets that need to be loaded and that don't need to be loaded, adding a CDN if needed, or setting up caches and server-side caches and stuff like that properly. I think if developers and, and web designers could budget that directly into their projects as they start doing now more and more than, than just a couple of months or years ago, then we'd see a much faster internet. And then there's always those, um, those projects where the client starts to do things to the site afterwards and suddenly it's slow <laughs> and they don't understand why you shouldn't be uploading, you know, 6,000 pixel images and yeah. things like that. Yeah. It's like, it used to be fast. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> my grades suck. My, my site loads in one second, but I, I just get 44 points in HD. What's wrong? Yeah. What's wrong? What did you do? What did you yeah. do to my yeah. site? <laughs> I, I actually, um, I'm doing these monthly webinars with Cloudways. Um, where we look at Peter Neri, Lee Jackson, and myself. We look at websites from the UX, from content marketing, and from my perspective, it's the speed optimization. Mm -hmm. And I had my own uh, summit website there this month, and it was I, I, it was not loading speed optimized whatsoever <laughs> at that point. <laughs> it took like seven or eight seconds to load, which was really embarrassing. <laughs> and what, what was funny, though, is... Um, I, I was able to say that I left it on purpose, luckily, because the grades were really good. <laughs> so I, I had like 90 plus points in GT metrics for Y speed and page speed scores, but the loading time sucked. So that, that, that was a good uh, example. And I asked people to screenshot that because the, the grades don't reflect how fast the website loads. And I think uh, clients just need to see that from time to time. And they, they need to understand that grades don't matter whatsoever so that was my reason to not optimize the website to showcase that that was the, the perfect pivot i like that i like that a lot not not in april i did it not, online. not intentional <laughs> but they don't have to know that <laughs> in april i did a um the local meetup but of course it was online because of covid and so i had um I think I told you I do the content marketing for Century Hosting. And so I started a blog for them and I wanted to do an online, like in real time, build out my Yoast information SEO, right? For on page. And I didn't, you know, I, I didn't put a lot of, I didn't do any research in it ahead of time. I just wanted it to be something simple, but I didn't do, I didn't fill in the keywords. I didn't do anything. I just wrote the, wrote the article. <clears throat> and then what I thought was, well, I'll, I'll put in the keywords, it'll turn red, and then I'll show them how we walk through all the different steps to go from yellow to green. So I wrote this article and then I, I put the keyword in, I hit refresh and it turned green. I said, it doesn't usually do that. 
I had intended to show you how bad things were and make it better, but apparently I've gotten really good at content writing and to know how to write the article. I said, so let me show you why it did turn green. <laughs> we walked through all the steps. So, so you was, just replaced it with Lauren Ipsum and then rewrote the entire article. <laughs> I was like, see this out here where it's green now? That's because of this, that, and the other. And I, you know, I walked through all the different stages. But I was like, if I change the keyword to something unrelated, it's all going to go back to red. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it was funny. I was like, hmm, didn't intend that. But let's pivot. Let's pivot. Let's work with that. So you, you, you did a good job doing that. So <laughs> take a picture quick. Because I promise I'll never do that mistake again, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. What's something yeah, I mean, that you... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, finish your thought. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that sometimes um, it doesn't need to be that polished when you are on a webinar, when we're doing a podcast or something. I mean, we, we are talking over each other now like, forever. And I, I think that's also the beauty of uh, the community that we are in, is that people are really forgiving. And you would rather be human and you would rather make mistakes and admit them openly because everybody's learning and no, nobody is an expert really in what they're doing because there's always somebody who knows things better than you. But you have your unique angle to doing things. And that, that is something I, I had to realize quite early on because I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. Like, I need to be this expert. I need to be perceived as this expert. I know everything. And <laughs> it just falls flat on your face if you try to do that. <laughs> have you heard of the, the term feet of clay? I have feet of clay. No. It's, it's like, so you can build the most amazing statue. But if the base of it is clay and not, the whole thing will crumble, right? Because yeah. the feet have to also be, so I can look really good, but if I have feet of clay, so, you know, I always telling people when they say, oh, I love this, I love that, I go, trust me, I have feet of clay. Like, I'm constantly <laughs> having to shore up the, the base because, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect and there's nothing, there's, so that's a, that's a good one that's a big of in those, in those terms. When you think back over your WordPress journey, what is something that you know now that you wish you'd known earlier that would have made life a whole lot easier? Signing up clients for retainers isn't as hard as I thought in the beginning. Um, the, the first few years really were kind of this classic freelance experience where you are constantly searching for the next client and the next project. And then at some point you are so busy working that you don't have time to, to bring in new leads and generate more sales. And then you go through these peace and famine cycles and just mm -hmm. focusing more on retainers and constant income. That, that's a lesson that I hope people learn from my mistakes and not from their own. It is difficult. I was freelance for a number of years, I think six or seven years before I joined uh, <clears throat> give WP and I was always worried because I didn't know where next month's paycheck would be coming from. And so not only do you have to do the work, but you have to do the marketing, meet with the clients. You have to do the whole funnel of the beginning, but you also have to do the billing and the follow-up and go after people who don't pay. And I learned very quickly to outsource some things. Yeah. And so like my accounting and my billing, it's like, I can't keep up on that. I outsource that part of it because I'm really good at asking people to give me their work. I am not good at asking people to give me their money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I would do the work and then I'd be like, oh yeah, I have to bill them. I hate billing people. I should hire somebody to bill people. Yeah. <laughs> that helped. When you think over WordCamps, online summits, you know, uh, meetups, things like that, what's, 
to you a pivotal moment or an aha moment, something where things just made a difference to you? And what was it? The WordCamp uh, Europe in Berlin last year definitely was the pivotal moment. So without that WordCamp and the conversations I had, first WP Agency Summit in 2019 wouldn't have happened. Um, I wouldn't have joined WP Feedback. So the second summit, WP Feedback Summit, probably would also not have happened with me being involved. Mm -hmm. And that in and of itself would have been dramatically life-changing for me and would bring me into a position that's not, or likely not as good as it is right now. So that is like having honest conversations, I guess, with, with uh, friends that I've made online and that I d then met in person and just sharing my thoughts openly and sharing my, my worries about running this stuff mm -hmm. uh, really gave me the encouragement that I needed to pull these summits off. It's amazing. Now, speaking of the summits, now we're, we're at the part where I'm going to say, tell me whatever you want to tell me, but let's start with talking about um, the WP Feedback Summit that, that you all just finished. Was it two weeks ago, three weeks ago now? Two weeks ago now, I think. The, yeah. I mean, COVID has everything on a blur. I don't, you know. Yeah, I yeah think 15, it was, 15 days from now, exactly. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> I, I tried to log in that first day and had difficulty, as many people did. I... Yeah. <laughs> I was super impressed though, because I know that you had issues the first day. Um, I think I heard, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard that you had over 30,000 visitors and that just basically crashed the server space. Yeah. was just yeah. the bandwidth that couldn't handle all the traffic, right? Yeah. Um, and lesser people would have been like, well, that's it. We can't do anything. But you all pivoted in such a way that like by that evening, you're like, we're back. We're going forward, and this thing is going to be amazing. So tell us a little yeah. bit about, about your experience with that, and then you know, move into, you have another one in nine days. Tell me about that, too. <laughs> yeah, the WP Feedback Summit, to be brutally honest, we kind of saw it coming that we might have, uh, we might get traffic issues. We, we tested for like a 1,000 concurrent visitors, but that, that clearly was, was not enough. And if, if you think about it, a 1,000 visitors is a lot of attention if you have a thousand people on your page. So uh, Vito and I both like to dream big, but we didn't dream as big as we should have dreamed for this summit. And I think what made the real difference is that we had media partners who embedded the summit websites on their pages, like WP Water Cooler and other sites, WP Mayor. And um, they sent so much traffic to our server that it was really hard for us to estimate how much traffic there would come. And, the weekend before the summit, we were upscaling everything that we had on, on, on the technical side of things. But um, <laughs> as everybody saw, we, we fell flat on our face. And then I have to give a really big shout out to the RunCloud team. Uh, Raj put together a Telegram group with myself and the C-level of RunCloud and their senior engineers. And together we set up this uh, more performance server on, on AWS and with load balancing and stuff like that. And then we were able to, I think over the entire summit, we had like 107,000 people, unique visitors, not sessions. Amazing. And um, after the first uh, problems were over, we were able to sustain the traffic pretty well, but that definitely was a tough lesson to learn for us. Well, but you know, I'm 
It, it was for sure. I mean, I'm sure that at first you were like, what's it? We're going to lose people. They're not going to come back. It's, but that's not what happened. I think, and, and if I can give you an outsider perspective, there's a couple of things that I think came into play. Number one, quarantine, right? So most online summits get some decent traffic. I'm not going to say they don't, but right now nobody's going to WordCamps. Nobody's going to conferences. Everything has been canceled or moved online. And you were the first big event to be yeah. online and during the work week. So as opposed to people trying to do things on a weekend and try to, you know, go to a WordCamp or whatever, you were doing the work week where people could actually, they're already at their desk, they could tune into. So I think that was the first thing that happened is people are like, hey, I'm here, I may as well log in and see what's going yeah, on. E so even I if it's just background chat, yeah. Exactly. And so, and whether they did that directly through you or through one of the partners that were, you know, that you were embedded on, I think that that probably came into play a little bit too. So, I mean, that's a, that's a double-edged sword, right? That's awesome. But oops, that was, <laughs> that was a challenge as well. But like I said, and I, I even tweeted out to you guys afterwards how super impressed I was with how quickly you got things up and running and you didn't lose people. Instead, you, like you said, what, 107,000? Yeah. Unique visitors. And I was one of them because, yeah, it was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And I kept coming back in and talking to you. All. It was the funny thing. I was telling Vito until the very last day, and he was like literally counting down the minutes to shut everything off. Um, <laughs> I was the only woman every time that I popped into one of the networking yeah. channels. And, and he said, well, it was, there were it, other it, women there. Was. Emily Hunter was quite often there too, though. I, I saw yeah. her like three or four times, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did see other women eventually, but it's just the timing worked out that I was like, a lot of testosterone in this room. <laughs> 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 but it was fun because nobody ever, in my opinion and my experience, I should say, when I'm in the room, whether it's a virtual room or, you know, a, an in-person room in the WordPress community, nobody ever looks to be like, what's the girl doing here? You know, so, yeah. and it was the same at, at, at the WP Feedback Summit, but yeah. it was true, truly inspirational. Um, the fact that you had places for people to hang out, the way that the sponsorships worked, everything truly inspired. And I was incredibly impressed. Thank you. Here, now tell us, okay, so that's, that happened in the past. And like you said, you need a little bit of time to recover because you all were like, in a, in a normal situation, you need time to recover from a situation like that. But then when you're sweating it out so much, <laughs> is it gonna hold, it's like when you, when the engine doesn't work and MacGyver comes in with his chewing gum and his twine and he fixes it, but you're like, is it gonna hold for the rest of the week? <laughs> but you did a really good job. What? did you learn from that for your next summit and tell us a little bit about what you have coming up the next summit will first of all definitely have more stable infrastructure so i, I will have all the lessons that I, that I learned already in place and um essentially it's it's the same concept but more focused in on the e-commerce space so hmm. the the title is the ecom services summit and it's essentially tailored to agencies and freelancers who work with e-commerce brands or who want to work with e-commerce brands. So it's not so much uh, just the WordPress community. I'm trying to make it a little bit broader here. So we have uh, talks about Shopify as well. We have talks mm -hmm. about uh, just Snapchat ads, completely platform agnostic. Um, talks about conversion rate optimization and things like that. That's also very platform agnostic. 
Mm -hmm. And um, the idea behind that summit was um, that so many people need to push into e-commerce now. Like so, so many businesses are forced to sell online that I want to equip freelancers and agency owners with the knowledge to serve them properly and to take advantage of that situation. Because mm -hmm. with, with COVID, um, many people are struggling and many people are losing customers. People are uh, shutting down retainers, for example, because they need to cut cut expenses and with this summit what I'm trying to do is I want to give free information to people to upskill what their agency is doing what their freelance business is doing and it's obviously I will be marketing to the entire WordPress community sure. because there are WooCommerce uh, specific topics too and everything that is roundabout marketing and these different types of running campaigns running Facebook ads for clients Leveraging PR to build your authority in the space, uh, leveraging Facebook ads for your own agency to build more authority, that's applicable to any agency, whether it's WordPress Focus or Shopify or what have you. Mm -hmm. But it's just, I think, a nice follow-up on the general WordPress-specific things now to talk about e-commerce, which is applicable to WordPress, but also to other platforms. Absolutely. So, um, and so you mentioned Shopify. So that's like a, is is that what we call more like a SaaS product, as opposed yeah. to uh, WordPress specific plugins and things like that. Uh, and some of the first my first experiences with with uh, e-commerce. My very first one, of course, was WooCommerce. That was all I knew. And then I started using SaaS products because I didn't want to I didn't want to have to manage all of the updates and all of the everything that comes with that. So there's uh, depends on the agency. It depends on the site owner and the business owner and all of those things that come into play. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I also had a Shopify shop like two years ago. I, I was selling wooden watches via Shopify in the, in the dropshipping model. And it's so much easier than WooCommerce. Oh, I said it. I said it. Yeah. They're not, they're I, not a sponsor. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think that um, WooCommerce has its place, certainly. But if you are trying to build an e-commerce store, I'm not sure from my experience that WooCommerce is the best choice or if you would rather want to use Shopify or BigCommerce or Magento or what have you. I used Equid for years. No, I because never my, used that myself. Yeah, my customers could manage the everything on the Equid site and not have to even ever once I'm sure it's the same with others, but log into the WordPress site so they weren't breaking things. <laughs> <That's nice too. laughs> so, so do you have speakers coming? Tell us a little bit about the um, about the yeah. summit that's coming up. And uh, yeah, usually, so usually, it's, I, I I have about 30, 35 um, podcasts recorded already, and so normally this wouldn't come out for a couple of months. But I'm going to push you up ahead. I'm going to get you out this week so that we can. You oh, can uh, I appreciate that. You I can get this out and so people much. can learn about it. So tell us a little bit about what's coming up and we can um, educate some people. Yeah. Um, should I share my screen to make it um, for, sure. for all the people watching the video? Absolutely. Perfect. Let's go zoom. And then just describe it for the people who are listening only. Screen? Yeah, I walk everybody through the page. So mm -hmm. essentially, what we are looking at in the video right now is the schedule of the ecomservicessummit.com page. Mm -hmm. So that's ecomservicessummit.com. And it is a five-day event with around 20 speakers. I'm still talking to a few speakers who might be able to join the event too. Mm -hmm. And I, I just name drop a few who you might know. So Linda Bustos is quite big in the e-commerce space. She's uh, working with Elastic Path and 
she talks about killing the conversion killers, insights from real-world A-B experiments. So that is, for example, a talk on the first day that everybody needs to know who wants to run A-B tests for customers. Mm-hmm. I think that is a very nice service that WordPress agency owners could add to their retainers because it, it's not difficult to set them up. It's not difficult to run A-B experiments, even if you haven't done them before. It's just a matter of testing a button color, for example, or testing various headlines on a product page, testing images, testing layouts. And Linda is going to give you some really good starting points on what to test. Mm -hmm. Then Dennis Yu is one of my favorites on this event. Uh, He's a personal hero of mine, if you will. So Blitzmetrics is his company, he's the CEO, and they manage around 1.5 billion US dollars in ad spend for their clients. They work with companies like Nike or Rosetta Stone, Golden State Warriors. And what Dennis is really big on is teaching others how to do the same that he is doing. So he's always sharing his knowledge. And in the interview I've done with him, uh, we talk about how you can increase your perceived authority to double and even triple your prices. So we talk about things like remarketing, we talk about things like leveraging analytics, but we also talk about branding. We talk about what the office I've built is doing to my perceived authority and what the office he has built is doing to his perceived authority and many more other very, very exciting, very actionable results, uh, strategies. And the, the list just goes on. If you scroll through the website, you will see all the, all the sessions on there. Chris Lima is on day two. He's also re- really well known for his WooCommerce work mm-hmm. obviously in, in the WordPress space he doesn't need any introduction <laughs> what, one um, session on day two that I'm excited about is Melissa Campanelli because she's the founder of the women in retail leadership circle so mm-hmm. <laughs> what I received plenty of aid on for my last summit in 2019 is based on the current network that I had I had I think 27 men and four women speak at the summit so that, that was not too well received. I didn't do that intentionally, but I see the, I see the reasoning behind that. Sure. And so I've made it uh, a goal that I have a very even split with this Ecom Services Summit. I, have, I think I even have more women than men on the summit at this point, which is a great thing. Mm-hmm. And Melissa is bringing on um, a friend of hers, Vanethi Lakshmi, who's the vice president of digital products at Sally Beauty Holdings, so quite a big e-commerce brand in, in retail. And they did an interview together and then sent me the recording for this session. And they talk about what it takes to be a woman in tech, what it takes to be a woman in a leadership position in the e-commerce space, and all those really uncomfortable questions that I think, especially with, with an angle that when women talk with each other and no no male person is involved in the conversation, it might even be a bit more in-depth and a bit more intimate what they share rather than if I would have been on this interview too. And to be honest, they are friends with each other. I mm-hmm. I don't have a deep relationship with any of them. So what would, what would have been the point of me being on this event? Sure. And then essentially, you can just scroll through the page uh, to, se- to say some other sessions that we have. 
Marcus is talking about building optimized Shopify product pages. So mm -hmm. it's also kind of a CRO related talk where he walks you through what layouts work well in product detail pages, what elements do you need to have, how do you position them, which uh, he focuses on Shopify, but WooCommerce has product detail pages too. Mm -hmm. So you, you could use that knowledge for WooCommerce too. Uh, Clifford Almeida from my web audit, he's also quite well known. Yes. He, he knocked it out of the park with this presentation. I, I recorded it last week with him and he shared with us how to sell e-commerce audits to get the, your foot in the door with an e-commerce brand and then you can upsell them. You can put them on the retainer, you can, you can work on redesigns with them, create new mm -hmm. landing pages for new campaigns and stuff like that. So that is a really good one that I'm excited about. Uh, Bryce Adams from Metoric is there. Mm -hmm. Th Thomas from Weglot. Weglot I is love Thomas. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's such a nice person. He is. And Weglot is a, a sponsor of the event. So big shout out to Weglot and also to uh, Cloudways and Convigio who also sponsor and support mm -hmm. the event. Um, yeah, Akshat from Blockboard is on there to talk about how to protect WooCommerce shops from data loss, mm -hmm. which especially with WooCommerce is really important because you almost need real-time backups so you don't lose orders as they come in. Mm -hmm. that, that's a really tricky situation that he outlines really how, how to solve this. Uh, Michael Siegel is a friend of mine. He might not be well known, but he's the co-founder of a seven-figure subscription-based e-commerce brand. So he's nice. in retail for 20 years and doing seven figures in retail, working with all the big um, resellers. But then he said he co-founded decorated.com, which sells like these decoration boxes for every every time of year for spring you get a box, for summer you get a box, for autumn and winter you get boxes. And they've grown that to a seven-figure business, which That's is amazing. yeah, it's really impressive. Yeah. And what what we talk about in his session, I, I'm really fortunate that I was able to work with him on a retainer basis. That's how, how I got to know him. Mm -hmm. And he shares what he's looking for when working with agencies. So that, that is a really interesting perspective to see when you are an agency and you try to get to work with these really big brands, seeing the other side of the perspective and understanding what those brands are looking for when vetting your agency and then deciding whether to work with your business or not. That is... Um, something that I'm really happy that I can share on this event. Mm -hmm. And the closing keynote is with Rhonda Swan. She was on, on Forbes magazine in April, uh, Unstoppable Mama and Unstoppable Agency. That, that mm -hmm. Those are the businesses. And we talk about leveraging PR to position your agency. So that goes from, do you want to be perceived as the Mercedes or do you want to be perceived as the Volkswagen? and how you can position yourself to be the Mercedes rather than the Volkswagen, because I think in that, in that comparison, nobody wants to be the Volkswagen. <laughs> I drove a Beetle for years and I loved it, but if I could have, you know, yeah. a Ferrari instead, <laughs> have yeah. a Volkswagen too, and my, my family has, has driven Volkswagens forever, as long as I can imagine, because we, the city I live in essentially depends on the Volkswagen factory that we have here. So mm -hmm. we have 50,000 people, 50,000 residents, 
-hmm. and like 7,000 of them work for Volkswagen. So if, if they go away, the entire town dies. So that, that's... <laughs> you support local. You're doing good to support yeah. local. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I probably That's should amazing. have pointed that out during their conversation that we can't make Volkswagen look so bad. <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's an interesting conversation because she also shares very actionable approaches on how you can leverage, like this, this interview that we are doing right now, I can leverage that with the approaches that she shares in that conversation. So it doesn't always have to be like a feature in Forbes or a feature in Inc. or Entrepreneur. Mm -hmm work your way up get mm -hmm. get try to get on the next biggest blog that you can or on the next big podcast that you can and then mm -hmm. go from there and try to get to the next level of magazine and the next level yeah. of magazine. and eventually you will make your way to Forbes and you'll do something that gets recognized by a Forbes contributor and they share a quote of yours in their next article and that's essentially what uh, the closing keynote of the Ecom Services Summit is all about that's awesome. I'm yeah, going to have I'm really to... excited about this. And, and how do people sign up? You go to ecomservicesummit.com and there are register now for free buttons everywhere on the page. You, you can't miss those green buttons and they open a pop-up where you enter your first name and email address and that's it. You've signed up and you, what you also get is you get a playbook to the event that's a PDF with 79 e-com related services that you can use when you are providing your own service to e-commerce brands. Mm -hmm. You will know what tools to use to provide that service in the best way possible. So we have like remarketing tools collected, analytics tools collected, customer loyalty platforms are collected, um, page builders, shops, shop systems are collected, payment gateways. And that's, I think, one of the most comprehensive resources of ecom related tools that you can find out there and you get it for free when you sign up to your free ticket that's wonderful that's awesome <clears throat> i'm looking forward to it i'm gonna register as soon as we're done with the podcast today <laughs> thanks it looks like there's a lot of things i could learn from that i i've definitely learned a lot myself during these interviews and reviewing the presentations that's how I feel about every episode of WP Coffee Talk. <laughs> I learned so much from, from all of you, and it's just, um, it's been wonderful to, yeah. to do that, so. And what, um, what, I, what I forgot to mention just in that screencast is there will obviously be a networking area and virtual sponsorship booths as well. So the lessons learned from the WP Feedback Summit are implemented here as well. And I hope that I get as good of an interaction and engagement with the attendees in the networking area as we did the last time. Well, I'll make sure to check it out. So it'll at least be me once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you ever want to talk about uh, how customer success impacts churn on subscription services, we can chat later because I have yeah. that's what I that's what I do. So yeah, my full time job. So we've got some cool stuff there. I'm happy to share some tips. Let's move into our rapid fire questions so that I can honor your time and you can get to your barbecue. <laughs> I know you're getting hungry. <laughs> when you are thinking about WordPress, especially, we'll, we'll, we'll focus back into WordPress for a minute. What are two or three must have plugins that you would recommend to somebody building their own website? Um, for, for me, it's Elementor Pro for, for the page builder. That, that's a given for me. 
main WP to manage if you have multiple WordPress sites. Main WP uh, is what I use for that. And then I would have to name WebArc security for protecting your website from hackers and data loss and all that good stuff. Very good. Have you had a mentor at all during your WordPress and business journey? And if so, who was it? I'm working with a mentor right now on, on the business perspective. So not, not so much WordPress related, but it's uh, Matthew Turner from turndog.co. And what we work on is essentially work-life balance. Mm -hmm. as, as I'll be a dad soon, I, I want to make sure that the business is structured in a way that I can spend time with my family and with my newborn. So he, he is a two-time dad. That's why I started working with him. And he, he's raving. He's successful. So he's, he's teaching me how to essentially structure my days and be aware of what I'm doing so that I can take time off of my time of my business. No, no summits planned for when the baby arrives, right? I wouldn't promise that, but they are structured more efficiently. <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> Who is somebody that you admire in the WordPress community and why? Lee Jackson from Agency Trailblazer is somebody who I admire because he's just such an amazing person. I mean, he's a content machine for, for first and foremost. I think he amazing. launches his third podcast, Digital Renaissance or something like that. I think that's coming out in the next week or two. And he's so helpful. He's yeah. so gracious, not just with his time, but he's sharing so much experiences with me that I, I learned a lot from him. Yeah, and his Facebook group and Facebook community yeah. is amazing. And you've got a Facebook community now that, that I'm part of, and I'm learning so much from so many people. And sometimes I can't remember which group did I see something in, but I try to find it again and, and share good, good information. So I need to be more active in, in all of those because people are just amazing at, yeah. at how they share. Yeah, sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I've actually started extracting myself from the groups that I don't really participate in anymore so that I have a little less in my feed. <laughs> but, but not the WordPress ones. Those will stay. Uh, what's something that you still want to learn in WordPress but that you haven't tackled yet? Um, static WordPress websites, I guess. I, I know like the basics of how to set them up. But mm -hmm. what I would really like, like to dive into, and Leo Mendel is uh, a good person to follow in that context, yeah. and Mir Miriam Schwab, mm -hmm. um, how to make parts of the website static so that you can have this live chat going on and you can have like interactive features going on, but most mm -hmm. of the website is served as static content. That's something that I need to spend more time on. So you, you probably are aware, but WP and Up has recently pivoted to be BigOrangeHeart.org. Yeah, it is, and that's very exciting. So um, I have a login now because I volunteer for that site, and I'm, I'm afraid to do anything because I don't want to mess anything up, but I've been poking, <laughs> poking around and observing, and there's, it's, it's very exciting. So um, I think there's a lot to learn there, and I think that there's still a lot that they're going to continue to make amazing. So Miriam was on the podcast. I had, I think I, I, her air, episode aired a few months ago, right after that she had made the announcement that they had got the funding and all of that and very exciting stuff. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And she posts the most amazing fun things about her family too on Facebook. <laughs> it's fun to watch. Uh, what's your, oh, I'm sorry. I want to, I almost skipped a question. My favorite question too. What's one of the biggest WordPress mistakes you've ever made and what did you learn from it? 
Um, the biggest WordPress mistakes I made is that I, I constantly forgot to, to uh, untick the box that search engines can index a website after, after they go live. <laughs> that is something that I needed my own checklist for that I created every once in a while. Yeah. Um, and the, the other really big mistake that I've made is I, I messed up website backups for mm. one of my customers. And I, I was relying on this backup tool. I won't call them out. Um, and they said the backups were working. And I was, I admitted I was too lazy to uh, verify that the backups were working. So when the site broke down and the backups were not be able to be restored, <laughs> that was when I had some really, really uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, those are those are bad days for sure. I've had backups that were corrupted that I was counting on in my past and now I'm super careful about those kinds of things because of issues in the past. But those are the live and learn experiences, right? Yeah. So the opposite question then is what is your proudest WordPress moment? Any summit that I'm launching really. It's no, no matter whether it's the WP Feedback Summit, the agency summit or the one that's coming up right now. I'm just so proud when they go live and then when they go live, I'm proud. And when they are over, I'm relieved that everything has worked, hopefully smoothly. <laughs> and that if it didn't, you were able to deal with it, right? Yeah, at least I make myself more look like a human when they, when they don't go as well. And I just, well, one thing that I'm a big fan of is that there's no point in fake it until you make it. I think it's just about being honest, being transparent about what's happening and you, you learn as you go. We all do. One of my, it, you just reminded me when I, I used to work in higher education and I was the, the brand new director of admissions for a graduate school of education. And my department, there was three of us, but I was in charge. My department made a mistake. And I went to the Dean's meeting. So there was a meeting of all of the deans, associate deans, et cetera, and I was at that table. And the woman who was in charge of the department who was impacted by the mistake our department made, she was, she's, a, she's an imposing person, six foot four, this woman, a six, I'm only five feet tall. And instead of, and so she, I mean, she sits taller than me, much less she stands up and she was angry. And she stood up at the table and like, I'm looking up at her and she just starts into me. Like, she's just like, I can't believe blah, blah, blah. What do you have to say about that? And I just looked at her very calmly. I said, you're absolutely correct. I said, we made a mistake. This is how we're pivoting. This is how we're going to make up for it. And this is how, this is how we've made sure that it's not going to happen in the future. And it completely deflated her. She was so ready to have an argument with me. So, but, but being human, owning our mistakes, uh, learning from them, that's the biggest thing, right? We can own them, but if we continue to make them, that's an issue. But owning our mistakes, moving forward, um, I, I, applaud you on that for sure yeah so it's it's a good lessons to learn for sure <laughs> <laughs> i'll never forget that day too because underneath the table my knees were shivering <laughs> like, yeah i bet <laughs> i guess everybody's <laughs> knees would <laughs> but on top my hands are folded i'm calm cool and collected i got back to my <laughs> office afterwards and i was like oh my god i don't know um, if you weren't working in web, web technologies, anything to do with the internet, what's another career that you might like to attempt? Uh, that is a tough one. I, I knew the question was coming and I, wa I was trying to make something up, but honestly, I, I couldn't. I pro probably woodworking if I wouldn't cut my, cut my hands off with a bench or something <laughs> like that. 
I, I like to do these uh, small <laughs> DIY projects, like the lamp mm -hmm. in the background over there is a DIY mm -hmm. and some, some shelves here. But uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm good enough to make money with that. <laughs> so you'd be an okay carpenter, is that what you just said? Yeah, <laughs> good enough for home use, I guess. <laughs> then maybe stick with internet, so that's good. <laughs> What's something on your bucket list? Um, getting back to Cape Town is on my bucket list. I, mm -hmm. Before the recording started, I, I shared that we went there for honeymoon two years ago, my wife and I. And that was the most blistering experience we ever had. So we fell in love with the city and I, we definitely need to go back there. We, we even considered at some point in the future buying a house there and then just living there when it's winter in Germany because the, the times are opposite. When it's winter here, it's summer in Cape Town. So that mm -hmm. would be the perfect combination. There you go. Well, that's something to look forward to. Build towards that. Yeah. Show us or tell us about a hidden talent that you have that the WordPress community might not know about. Uh, it's tough to show, but I can play table tennis really well. I, I was okay. uh, in a table tennis club for 23 years. So I, I, I'm decent with that, but I don't have a table here, so it's hard to show. <laughs> and in the US, most of us call that ping pong, I believe. Is that the same thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So th for those people who are not familiar with the terminology, there is, have you seen the television show Friends and the episode where they are playing table tennis? Yeah. That's my favorite, one of my favorites. <laughs> of my favorites. <laughs> and at some point it even gets exhausting. If you play it long enough, if you, get, you get good enough, you even have to move yourself and you start sweating. <laughs> I believe, well, I believe it because that ball flies pretty fast across the net yeah. there. Yeah, and I've never been good at the hand-eye coordination stuff, so, but it's fun to watch. How can we find you online? Where can people find your website, your summit site, your, find you on Twitter, etc.? So um, the summit is ecomservicesummit.com. That's launching on May 25th. I also have an evergreen summit running for WordPress agency owners. That's wpagencysummit.com. You can sign up there right now and get the content for free. And you can find me on Facebook in my Facebook group, WP Mastery. That's the best way to get in touch. And can we follow you on Twitter as well? At I am Jan Koch on Twitter. There you go. Very good. Anything else you'd like to share with us before we sign off and you get to eat your delicious dinner? <laughs> I just had a blast, Michelle. I want to thank you for having me on and for making this such a comfortable experience of being your guest. Well, thank you. It's, I have a lot of fun talking to people on my show, making new friends, um, deepening friendships. And like I always say, it's like having a cup of coffee with a friend. It's, it's just about having fun together and learning about one yeah. another. So thank you so much for being with me today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So we'll see everybody on the next episode of WP Coffee Talk. Until then, everybody stay safe and stay healthy. Thanks, Jan. Thanks, Michelle.